This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your source to healthy living. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. Many of us take for granted that we all have full fridges, freezers, and pantries, that we can eat out at restaurants and have variety in our diets because we go to the grocery store and purchase all the foods that we desire. Joining me today is Rachel Dixon. She is the Director of Development from Feed Ontario. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So I thought we'd start by explaining to listeners what is Feed Ontario? Yeah, absolutely. So Feed Ontario is a collective of food banks across the province. So we have 1,200 food banks in every corner from Toronto through to Kenora, Windsor to Ottawa and everything in between. And we help food banks serve their communities by providing fresh food, support and resources and a provincial united voice as we work towards true solutions to ending hunger and poverty. And right now we're running a campaign, No One Needs a Food Bank Until They Do, to help raise awareness of food banks and the work that they're doing in communities, as well as who is accessing a food bank. In the last year, we saw nearly 600,000 people in Ontario visit a food bank which is a staggering number when you think about that right here in our own backyard. And one in three was a child. And so I'm really fascinated with this campaign. And and I love how it's, you know, how it's properly and accurately titled, No One Needs a Food Bank Until They Do. And we actually don't pay much attention to it because most of us just go about our business and feed our families and fill our fridges. And the, the, the statistics are staggering. So one in three of those you know, individuals needing a food bank are children, which means that many kids are going to school unfed. Many families are not eating three meals a day and they're properly, probably undernourished. Absolutely. And we know that food and nutritious food in particular is really important for a child's nutrition, but also important for their concentration. It helps prevent long-term illnesses and it means that they can be able to go to school to learn the things they need to do and really grow up and build a life outside of poverty. So when you're seeing that many children who are relying on food banks to help fill their nutrition and who are experiencing hunger, we know that that's already putting them behind all the other children. And very often we find that parents don't want to be in that, well, no parent wants to be in that situation where they can't feed their child. But A lot of times families will have parents going hungry and skipping meals just so their child can eat. Even families who are working jobs and multiple jobs aren't able to provide as costs rise. And so it's really important that we are there to ensure that not just children, but anyone who is facing hunger has access to the nutritious food they need so that they can go on to build the lives that they can live and have the nutrition and the strength that they need to live. So through Feed Ontario, you are supporting all the food banks across the province. So how does Feed, uh, no one needs a food bank until they do, how, like, how does that help families? So what is the end game and the, and the ultimate goal for this campaign? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think a lot of people think they know what a food bank is, but 
food banks have changed and a lot of misconceptions are out there. So one of the things that we're trying to do with this campaign is really help people better understand who uses a food bank and how a food bank supports. And in doing that, we're hoping to change the conversation to drive awareness, to drive more support for local food banks, but also to change the conversation on hunger. Throughout the campaign, we're focusing on four different demographics. So children and families is one of them, and we've talked already a little bit about that, but children are nearly twice as likely than an adult to access a food bank, which is a staggering statistic. And already we're seeing that these kids are being disadvantaged from the get-go. The other three demographics that we're looking at is also people with disabilities. So one third of people accessing a food bank cite disability related benefits as their primary source of income. And very often people on disabilities are either not able to work full time or are only able to work on and off or they're facing stigma when they are attempting to get jobs, which makes it harder for them to secure long term employment, which means that And some people, because of their disability, simply can't work at all. And so we're seeing people who don't have the ability to get jobs in the way that some of us are, and the supports that they're receiving as a result are not enough for them to be able to live. We've seen the government just recently um, committing to a 5% increase in the Ontario Disability Support Program, but that's still not, not enough for someone to get by because we haven't seen rates rise at all in the last four years. And with inflation going up, if someone's relying on ODSP to get by, they can't even afford rent half the time. And if you can't afford rent, there's nothing left over for groceries. And a lot of people are relying on what's become known as the ODSP diet. So they're using a potato a day to eat or suppressing their appetite with coffee, which is devastating. It's just a horrible way to live and function. And that's going to lead to other problems down the road because we're going to have a society of unwell people. So one of the calls to action as part of this campaign is also um, advocacy. We believe that while providing food today is important, it's not going to change the long-term issues of hunger. And we do have an email campaign that we're encouraging people to be part of where you can email your local MPP. It's really easy. You type in your postcard, there's a pre-filled form um, which you can customize that is calling for MPPs and the government of Ontario to change ODSP rates to double them so that people in these situations are actually able to meet all their basic necessities, including food. I think we often don't think about senior citizens as someone who's accessing a food bank. And it's really heartbreaking to think that someone who's worked all their life, who's saved up, but is now on a fixed income, whether that be a pension or other kinds of savings or support, who's not able to make ends meet. And no one wants, no one plans to retire without enough to get by. But we're seeing more and more seniors in that situation where they simply can't afford all their basic necessities and are going to skip meals and going without as a result. In fact, in the last year, we saw a 36% increase in the proportion of senior citizens using food banks in Ontario. So it's quite a scary and sad, heartbreaking statistic. Uh, And food banks are there to help support people no matter what age they are, no matter what walk of life, ensure that they have access to nutritious food. 
you said before, and I love that you said this because I'm probably in that category where we think we know food banks, we think we understand food banks, but in fact, all I know is that they exist and that, you know, at certain times I'm constantly contributing from the grocery store, I'm I'm doing my part, but I actually realize I'm not doing enough. So I think my question is, how would someone access a food bank? What are the criteria? Does, can anybody just walk into a food bank? I, I really don't know all the answers to that. So, and I'm sure that all the listeners are in the same situation. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So food banks exist to support anyone who needs them. So we work on the model at Feeder Ontario that if you walk into a food bank, that is a sign of need. Uh, and so if you come to a food bank and you need support, we're there to support. We do have a client intake process um, and it will vary from food bank to food bank, but that's just a way for us to be able to help identify you. So if you're coming back, make sure that you're getting the support you need. It also means that people uh, who are doing that in intake can then figure out if there's other services that we can connect you with um, and ensure that you're getting all the support that you need. And then lastly, it means that we have data. So Feed Ontario is the only organization with province-wide data on who is using a food bank. And we're able to use that data in aggregate to see what are the trends driving food bank use. And from that, we can then work towards true solutions that are addressing the root causes. So for example, we're seeing that more seniors are accessing a food bank. So we can look at why a seniors accessing a food bank, what situations are leading to those circumstances where seniors aren't able to make ends meet and what are some of the solutions that we can work on with community with other organizations and with government to ensure that seniors actually don't need to rely on a food bank to access all their food needs if i wanted to find a food bank how would i do that is there a website where it tells you like where the locations are how many like like how frequently are they situated in major cities? Are they in like remote areas as well? I think these are all the things that I really haven't given any thought to. And I'm very curious now. Yeah, absolutely. So Feed Ontario has 141 direct member food banks. And then through them, we serve another 1100 affiliate organizations. So that can include anything from a breakfast club in a school, a meal program in your local community, a food pantry, a shelter or any other organization that's providing emergency food support. So if you go onto Feed Ontario's website, we do have a find a food bank function and it's really easy to use. You just type in your postal code or the location and it will show you our closest member food bank. Uh, and from there you can get the address, phone number, website, opening hours, any other details you need to find your closest food bank. And is the is one of the mandates to provide like healthy, nutritious, balanced meals? Are they always hot meals or are they providing snacks? You know, can you bring your if, if you're going to use a food bank, do you necessarily bring your family and have a meal there present in the food bank? Um, and then you go about and do your, you know, the rest of your business, get back to your house. Is that how it works? It really depends from food bank to food bank. So some food banks will just be a food pantry where you go in and you're able to access nutritious food. Um, a lot of food banks follow what we call the shopping model. So you'll go in and you'll be able to go through different sections like you would in a grocery store and select key items from each of those sections. So you'll go through the produce section, you'll go through the pantry section, the fridge and freezer. Um, 
And that's really important because it provides dignity and it helps provide access. And we find that um, a lot of people, when they think of food banks, they think of canned goods. But in actuality, food banks are so much more than that. In the last year, Feed Ontario, 50% of the food that Feed Ontario alone distributed was fresh or frozen. So things like meat, eggs, dairy, fruit and veg. And there's also a wide range of pantry and non-perishables as well beyond just cans. Some food banks will have meal programs where you can go in and you can sit down and have a sit-down meal. Other food banks will provide things like snack packs, especially for families that are coming in with kids. They might, uh, some food banks in our network actually provide little backpacks full of goodies for kids throughout the week. And so there's lots of different ways that you can access food in a food bank. Uh, but to be part of our network, we do make sure that every food bank is providing that food uh, and that we are helping the food banks ensure that they have balanced nutritional requirements. We work with um, Ontario's agriculture sector. So we have program fresh food programs with milk, with turkey, pork, chicken, eggs, and beef as well. And so throughout the year, we can provide fresh, locally grown and produced Ontario um, protein and uh, dairy, which is really, really important. And we also ensure that food banks have the resources they need to keep growing that fresh food capacity. In addition to that, something that you might not know about food banks is very often they're multi-service agencies. So they're not just dealing with food because we know that hunger is a symptom of poverty and there are lots of interconnected and interrelated complex issues. So we find that a number of food banks in our network are also providing back-to-school support. They're providing dietary-specific foods, so things like kosher or halal or gluten-free, dairy-free, etc. Um, some of them provide employment search support. Some of them provide rent subsidies or hydro support. Some provide clothing support. It's a real mix. And even those that might not have as many services on site at their food bank will work with other community organizations and will have referral systems in place. So if you come into the food bank and they learn that you're having struggles in one area specifically or that there are a few other things uh, going on in your household or your family they're able to say oh we can connect you up with this program or with this community organization to help support that need and to help you in other areas of your life not just with fresh food. I really like that you know the whole mandate is to keep Ontarians healthy and thriving. When we come back the impact of COVID-19 on already existing issues with feeding Ontarians. This is the well prescription on 1059 the region stay with us connect with us on twitter at 1059 the region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059 the region.com this is 1059 the region the wellness prescription with dr claudia on 1059 the region you're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Rachel and I were discussing no one needs a food bank until they do. The last couple of years has caused increases in cost of living, inflation, and insignificant wage increases. How have these things impacted Ontarians? 
and have led them to needing a food bank more often than not. A lot of people often come back to the pandemic as something that really spearheaded food bank use. But in fact, we were seeing increases long before then. The years leading up to the pandemic, the number of people accessing a food bank in Ontario just continued to rise. So we're seeing a couple of core factors that are leading to that. The first one obviously being housing affordability. Very often when you're on a tight budget, things like housing, hydro and those fixed bills will be paid first, making grocery and food one of the last items and often it becomes flexible. So people will give up buying groceries in order to pay their rent pay their phone bill, pay their hydro, because those are fixed costs. Um, so with housing and affordability growing and growing, that means that more people are turning to a food bank to help cover their basic necessities. Another core issue that we're seeing is precarious work. So in the four years leading up to the pandemic, we had a 44% increase in the number of people with employment accessing a food bank. And there are a couple of different reasons for that. Partly with rising costs um, and low wages, it means that people just aren't able to meet all their needs on their income. But we're also seeing a rise in precarious work. So Ontario has one of the largest proportions of minimum wage workers in Canada, but we're also seeing that often those kinds of jobs don't provide things like benefits and other additional support. So if something happens in your life, you have nothing to support you and what income you do have is going towards addressing something like a health issue or if say something happens in your house and you need to fix that, there's no spare income. Even things like sick days and not having access to some of those core benefits can really impact uh, your budget when something goes wrong. The other core issue that we're seeing that is driving food bank use is of course just the rising cost of living in general beyond housing. And as more and more prices are going up, particularly right now, things like food, gas, you name it, if you're already on a tight budget and your income isn't meeting pace with what's happening, you're not going to be able to make ends meet. So as we're coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing that things are growing even more strongly in terms of food bank use. In fact, Statistics Canada recently had a report come out where they had a survey and they found that one in five Canadians are somewhat or very likely to use a food bank in the next six months. And if that statistic proves to be accurate, that would actually quadruple food bank demand over the course of the next six months. And even if we were conservative with that estimate of only the very likely respondents, we're still looking at about a 72% increase in food bank use, which is staggering and Quite frankly, it's going to put a lot of pressure on a system that is already really struggling and reinforces this idea of a two-tiered food system. Basically, the prediction is within six months, the demand on food banks is going to quadruple. I think we're all feeling the sting of everything costing more, but... For example, in my social circle, we all talk about it. It's expensive to go to the grocery store. It's become expensive to eat out. You know, filling your gas tank is expensive. But we've all agreed, well, we're just going to have to get used to this new cost of living. But for some people, that's not the case. They are not going to get used to the new cost of living. They're going to have to cut corners. It's going to make Ontarians 
you know, less healthy, less able to thrive. So what can we do as fellow Ontarians to support this and try to bridge the gap and reduce the, you know, the distinction between people who can afford to eat well and those who can't? The answer is twofold. So there's the immediate solutions and there's the longer term solutions. So the immediate, I would encourage you to support your local food bank. So if you go to our website, feedontario.ca, you can use our find a food bank function to find the local food bank. And there, there are lots of different ways that you can support. It doesn't just have to be financial, although that is super helpful. You can also donate food. Um, check in with your food bank before you do of what are their most needed items uh, and what kind of food products are they looking for specifically. You can also donate your time. So there's lots of different ways you can volunteer, whether it's helping to sort food or something that's using your skills. Um, I'm sure that there, we don't often think of food banks as a place where we can bring our skills, but very often there are ways that you can do that, whether that's financial skills, social media skills, or uh, warehousing skills, any other kind of skills that you might have can be very useful at a local food bank. I would also encourage you to support at a provincial level. Um, you can go to feedontario.ca to donate today. And every $1 that we receive can help provide the equivalent of three meals to someone facing hunger. But longer term, we do actually need to look at the systems that we live within and what are some of the things we can do to ensure that more people are able to access their basic needs? And so, as I mentioned before, we do have our email campaign going on, which will help ensure that people who are relying on ODSP have more access to the income they need to meet all their basic needs. But there are also lots of other things that we're calling for at Feed Ontario and our recommendations for change to ensure that everyone across Ontario has access to the food that they need to get by. Our core asks at the moment are around social assistance, including ODSP, but also around housing affordability and around quality work. So ensuring that people have access to longer term employment to livable wages, things like sick days, uh, and other key benefits that are needed. And you can visit our website for more details on our recommendations for change, but it's only by collectively working together that we can truly end hunger and poverty in our province. And it's interesting that a dollar can feed one person and give them three meals in a day. Is that what is that what I understood correctly? Yeah. So for every one dollar we receive, we can provide the equivalent of three meals. And we can do that for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, because we work on a provincial level. So the way that we're scaling just means that it's more successful. Secondly, because we're a charity, we're able to access discounts um, at cost as well as donated goods. And then also because we are working together and we have those great relationships that we've built over time with the in, um, food industry as well as the transportation industry. It just means that we're able to make every dollar go further. In terms of Feed Ontario and all the food banks, are you as an organization facing challenges with getting volunteers? Have you seen an increase in people wanting to help, wanting to donate, 
or has that uh, or has it plateaued or since the pandemic um, have you noticed a decline in people being able to contribute i think it varies a little bit across the province but we've definitely seen the pandemic change the way that people are interacting with food banks so at the start of the pandemic we saw a huge drop in the number of volunteers as everyone was staying home especially because um, realistically a lot of the volunteers across our network are older and we're encouraging people particularly in their older age, to stay home, to not um, come into contact with COVID. Uh, but even younger folks were staying home, which was important. But it has meant that re-engaging volunteers in some areas has been a challenge as more and more people are coming out uh, and being active again. Uh, that being said, we've also seen it encourage people to become active and start supporting food banks in a way that they haven't before. So we've seen a lot of new volunteers and a lot of new donors. And at the start of the pandemic, I think people started talking about food banks in a way that they hadn't before, which really helped to bring our profile up, which was fantastic. But now we're starting to see that momentum dropping a little bit um, as new things are coming up and people are looking to other issues, which are all important, but it becomes a challenge for us because while we saw a surge at the start of the pandemic, we're actually seeing more of an increase now. And if we look at something like the 2008 recession, it took two years before we saw the full impact of that on food bank use and before we reached the peak. So it really does depend. Um, it, it really is an area where we are looking for more support now. And really, one of the reasons we're doing this campaign is to remind people that we're still here. We're still seeing an emergency in the number of people accessing a food bank. This is still a critical issue. And it's something that we can rally together to support. That's a really good point. And I also think another important point is that Prior to the pandemic, because we were, you know, there's a lot of issues that came out of, you know, the two years of pandemic, but you were already seeing numbers on the rise prior to the pandemic. So it's not like this is a problem that just developed because of COVID-19. It was something that was already in the rise, which makes me believe that we had an issue prior to, which, you know, means that we have to work that much harder because now we're facing more issues with, you know, um, inflation and cost of living. So we have to kind of band together and pool together all of our resources and try and help fellow Ontarians kind of come out of this uh, on top. Absolutely, absolutely. But if there's one thing that we know from the work that we do at Feed Ontario, it's that when we work together, we can do more. And the whole purpose of our organization is to bring people together. So we bring together our food banks, but we also bring together our partners across many different industries. And we bring together uh, individuals who want to support and we bring together communities and government and, and everyone together. And so we know that when we work together, we achieve more. And it is only through our collective work that our vision to end hunger and poverty in Ontario is possible. How would you recommend I get started? Let's say somebody's like, wow, this is really an important you know, issue for me. I really want to take part. I really want to try and make a change. What would be the best place for me to start? The first place to start is to just 
learn a little bit more. So if you go to feedontario.ca, we do have a webpage, No One Needs a Food Bank. It provides more details on the four demographics that we're focusing on during this campaign, as well as details of how you can get involved and what a modern day food bank is. And that page provides three core actions that you can take. You can take one, you can take two, or you can take all three of them, as well as reading through the information. So the first one is donate. As I said before, every $1 we receive can provide three meals to someone facing hunger. The second one is engage with your local food bank. So use our Find a Food Bank tool, find your closest food bank, and check in with them. How can you support? Are they looking for financial donations? What kind of food do they need donated right now? Is there a way that you can volunteer, even if it's just small to start off with? And then the third way, as I said, is getting involved with our email campaign right now uh, and ensuring that we're calling for a better Ontario where everyone has access to the food that they need. Well, and if anyone is listening who may be thinking about accessing a food bank anywhere in Ontario, there is no shame in needing the help. You know, we're all here to help. So if you need the help, just go to the website and find out where you can get, you know, healthy, nutritious food and get the help that you need. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Just one last time, remind listeners what the website is, where they can access all the information that we just discussed and ways that they can either help or get help. Yeah, so go to feedontario.ca forward slash no one needs a food bank. And there you can find more information on what we're doing, as well as the three ways that you can help. Awesome. And you can always find me at Claudia underscore Makiela on Instagram or my website, ClaudiaMakiela.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.